We are recording this podcast on the lands of the Wurundjeri people of the Kulin Nation. We wish to pay our respects to Elders past, present and emerging, and extend our respects to any Aboriginal or Torres Strait Islander people who may be listening. Happy holidays everyone! I'm Priscilla. And I'm Elise. Welcome to Novel Feelings, where two psychologists take a deep dive into your favourite fiction novels. Today, we are actually talking about our favourite reads of 2021. Look, we are on a bit of a hiatus, but, you know, just popping our heads in here to say, hey, we read some cool books. We (laughs) kind of want to talk about them. Uh, We did this last year as well. We had a best reads of 2020 and we thought it would be a nice idea to kind of do that again. Yeah, it'll be a bit of fun. We have picked our top three with some difficulty. (laughs) (laughs) It's always hard to narrow it down, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. And they're not necessarily about mental health, though, you know, it's hard to avoid those themes in the books that we pick up. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, look, we tend to gravitate towards mm, books with psychological themes. But Mm -hmm. uh, look, this is not, not a mental health chat today. This is just a chat about books that we adored that we read this year and want to lift them up a bit and share you know, some ranty feelings about them. And like we said, narrowing down our favorites to just three books was quite challenging. So we will kind of cheat and give <laughs> some honorable mentions as well. And just a note that today we won't be going in depth about the books and we will not be having any spoilers. So unlike our usual discussions, which are extremely spoiler heavy, <laughs> we want to just, yeah, I suppose, keep it pretty uh, pretty basic and pretty light and share why we like them, but not do the deep dive that we normally would do. Yeah. So hopefully this encourages you to maybe pick up some of these books and uh, see if they're for you. Okay. All right, so what have you been up to since we went on our hiatus or our mini hiatus that didn't last that long? Ah, <laughs> oh, work. <laughs> uh, my life has just been focused on work lately, I think. Don't know. Oh, we did go to Frozen the musical. <laughs> that's like the most exciting thing that's happened lately. <laughs> it was pretty exciting. That was a good night. <laughs> yes. It was, I think, I suppose apart from work, I have been making the most out of life outside of lockdown. So catching up with friends, sitting down in a restaurant and having meals that are not, Mm -hmm. that are not either in a plastic container or (laughs) that I cook myself, which is a luxury. (laughs) Yeah, definitely. Mm -hmm. What about you? What have you been up to? Yes, similar. So study has been probably the main thing. I've been wrapping up one of the studies for my PhD. Mm -hmm. We are recording this just before Christmas. So it's been a very busy time with social things. As an introvert, my batteries don't have the greatest shelf life. So Mm -hmm. I took some time out today to recharge and feel a bit better before the the next week starts up. Uh, Yeah. So look, for those who aren't aware of the Melbourne situation, we've had another massive lockdown this year we are Mm. in a stage of more free we still have some restrictions but we have more Mm. freedom at the moment (laughs) who knows what will happen though we tend to yo-yo and when it comes to lockdowns here yeah absolutely fingers crossed (laughs) (laughs) yeah for now it seems that we're going to be able to keep socializing through christmas and new year's and hopefully um Mm -hmm. you know 
avoid any gigantic outbreaks. Is the, yeah, the key or thing at, at least moment. yeah, or at least you know avoid catching COVID before Christmas. Oh god, it's <laughs> such a risk at the moment. I know. Oh. Like when do we just go into hibernation until twenty <laughs> fifth of December? I have heard lots of stories about people doing that and just going, I'm just, you know, I want to make Christmas day or new year's plans Mm -hmm. or whatever. So I'm just not going to see anybody until then and stock up on rapid tests and hope for the best. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Anyway, still plenty of reading time. So that's the important thing. Absolutely. Yep. Okay. Shall we? Yeah. Let's, let's dive into some of our favorite books that we read this year. I'll get us started. So just, for context uh mm-hmm. so i read so far 55 books this year possibly get to 60 by the end of the year i have three mm. ongoing two of which are audiobooks and holidays are coming up very soon so i wouldn't be surprised if i squeeze a couple more reads in by mm-hmm. then quite a bit higher than what my average has been in previous years so patting myself on the back for for getting that mm-hmm. far Good um job. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. Well, look, I've read some really good books this year, so that made things a bit easier. And a few duds, but I'm not going to talk about them (laughs) today. (laughs) Yes, let's just focus on what we love. Exactly, exactly. So the first book I wanted to talk about is Red, White and Royal Blue by Casey McQuiston, uh, which I know you have read as well, so I'm keen Mm. to hear your thoughts on this one too. Yes. Uh, In case you've somehow managed to avoid the hype around this book, it's about a guy named Alex who is the son of the president in the USA Um, and he's this very, like, attractive, smart, young guy who holds this very petty grudge against the Prince of England or one of the princes of England, uh, Prince Henry, and it's kind of like a long-term nemesis kind of situation. Um, Look shenanigans ensue they basically start up this fake friendship to try to fix some american british relations uh as a bit of damage control after an incident yeah look it's a romance you can kind of see where this is going can't you Mm -hmm. (laughs) but look i love this book i thought it was yeah fantastic um Thank you for letting me borrow your copy, I think, before you even yeah. read it. <laughs> I was like, ah, oh, not going to get to this one for a while. You can have it first. <laughs> Thank you kindly. Yeah, um, yeah I, I picked it up and didn't know heaps about it. I just knew that it had a lot of hype and I really enjoyed it. I thought this book was hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> it was really, really witty, you know, when you just get a group of characters together that just have you know, excellent mm. chef's kiss kind of banter yeah. <laughs> right from the start. And I really enjoyed the romance that was in this book, which is a sort of, would you classify this as enemies to lovers? I get, I guess it kind uh, of was. Kind of, but, but not, what's the word? They're not real enemies in that they don't have fundamental differences yeah. or hatred for each other. They just... That is pettiness. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Like they have a grudge against each other for no, no, you know, no real good reason. So, yeah, yeah sort sort of soft enemies to lovers, I guess. <laughs> it's like high school enemies to lovers. You know? Yes, it's not like yeah. I want to destroy the world and you have to stop me. Kind of <laughs> enemies. <laughs> yeah, and it's this very high stakes kind of romance as well because they're both mm. incredibly famous <laughs> people <laughs> trying to sort of you know, form this this friendship which then blossoms into a romance and trying to sort of keep it on the down low, which 
turns out to be pretty damn difficult. (laughs) Yeah. So I just really enjoyed it. It was a really fun read. It does touch on some heavy themes at times, but overall, Mm. yeah, it just made me feel kind of warm and fuzzy. Um, Casey McQuiston has turned out to be one of my, you know, upcoming possibly favourite contemporary romance writers. Mm. Um, I've read one of their other books as well, which came out this year, One Last Stop, which is another fantastic book. It just mm. it, It's an honourable mention for me. I, just because I didn't enjoy it quite as much as Red, White and Royal Blue, but I still really liked it a lot. So <laughs> um, if I had more time and, yeah, maybe I'd rant about that one too, but I, I really enjoyed both of those reads that came out this year. And looking forward to reading uh, Casey's next book, which I think comes out next year as well. Mm. So if, if they keep this trend going, I'll be pretty happy. Um, just a couple of things to note. So this isn't in an alternative timeline where Trump was never president, which makes me very happy as well. I go straight from the Obamas to Alex's mum as yeah. the, the president, Alan. Um, so, you know, quite enjoy that. Mm-hmm. And it is, this book is often shelved as young adult or even teen. Uh, it belongs more in the adult section. It's mm-hmm. uh, Casey McQuiston describes it as new adult, which I think fits pretty, pretty closely, but you know, it may not be appropriate for younger readers at times. Yeah, no, <laughs> there's sex in it, people. So yeah. I mean, YA has sex in it as well, but not this level, I suppose, of descriptions <laughs> yeah it's a bit more explicit than why yeah, it typically yeah. would be so you know just just a word of warning if you yeah. <laughs> don't like reading those types of books yeah um, one of our friends is currently or has just finished wrap, wrapping up reading one last stop and described it as the horny train book so <laughs> or a lot hornier than I thought it would be so you know yeah. similar mm. levels um may apply to red white and royal blue <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Well, I look forward to reading the horny train book. (laughs) Soon. (laughs) Yes, soon. (laughs) I have to lend you my copy. Yes. Yeah. I look forward to that. Yeah. Anyway, what were your thoughts on this book? I, I loved it as well. I was fully prepared to be disappointed just because of how much hype there was around this on Booksagram and the, you know, the book corner of the internet in general. So I'm like, can't be that good <laughs> so I came in with like tempered expectation but it completely you know it completely blew me out of the waters <laughs> with just how good it was and just it feels like one of those it feels like a rom- a really good rom-com mm. it's got that vibe of as you say the witty banters and really fun characters but with the right emotions there as well yeah, and I know it's been optioned for film as well, so maybe we will yeah. see it as a movie. Though I feel like most romance adaptations tend to be a bit on the shittier side anyway. Oh, uh, yeah. I'm sort of hoping that there's a trend towards, you know, rom-com having a resurgence and that people will actually do that genre well again because when we were when we were young <laughs> In the nineties, there there seemed to be really good rom coms, and then that just stopped. Yeah, so. the formulaic early two thousands rom coms yeah. just kind of took over. I want to mm. see a feminist sex positive romance boom. Yeah. I guess. Yeah, I feel absolutely. like Bridgerton did start, and well, Bridgerton may have started that trend. So we'll see. Yeah, hopefully it opened a gate. Hopefully. Yeah. <laughs> 
Anyway, that was red, white, and royal blue. Um, I should note that I'm not talking about these in any particular order as well, but the three books I've chosen were all five-star reads for me, so I'll Ooh. just note that now. Yeah, awesome. <laughs> how about you? How, how did you go with your reading this year? Well, I initially set my goal for 50 books, and mm-hmm. then I met that in September, I think. <laughs> Something nice like work. that. <laughs> and then I put it up on Instagram story and I was like, should I increase this by 10 and make it 60 books? And I made a poll. And then the majority of people said, yeah, go for it. <laughs> As if they're going to say no. I, well, some people did actually. <laughs> um, and I was like, all right, let's give this a go. And now I have read 60 books this year. Nice work. Nice Thank work. Thank you. Yeah. I also have three books on the go, one of which <laughs> is a romance novel. So that might um be finished before the end of the year so we'll see but I think more interestingly according to my stats on the story graph I had nine five-star reads wow that's a pretty good year yeah that is pretty good I I had seven but a few of those were rereads so I I Mm. won't necessarily count them for this year fair enough I suppose one of those five stars was a monster calls which is a reread in addition to A Monster Calls, three of the five-star reads we already reviewed on this podcast mm. slash our blog. So I'm not, gonna, I'm not going to talk about those today. I'll give some love to the other ones. Fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> One of my top three books today is What I Like About Me by Jenna Guillaume. So this is a Love Us YA book. Uh, the main character is a a teenage girl called Maisie Mun. I believe she's in year 12. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's, you know, it's about the summer. Well, not that summer. <laughs> <laughs> it's not the summer she turned pretty, but it is the summer that things change or mm. things happen and she discovered um, things about herself. Okay. So she spent most of her life hiding her body from people. And she's decided to enter a beauty pageant this time. And there's family drama going on, a romance subplot happening in the background as well. Um, And it's overall, it feels like a really good teen movie. It's funny. It's it's got that summery feeling. Mm -hmm. The characters are just delightful. Like Maisie is so funny in the way she... Uh, she narrates the story but there are also genuine emotional beats in there I I obviously had a very different life from Maisie given that I grew up in Indonesia yeah. and she grew up in Australia but a lot of the um, insecurities about her body the pining for the cute boy and the family stuff a lot of that really I, I feel are universal themes and they quite uh they struck a chord with me i also picked this up one night during uh, a lockdown don't remember which one it was now we've had so many i know yeah and i just didn't stop like i think i read this for uh three to four hours and just yeah. marathoned it well done yeah because i was like oh this is fun and then it just didn't stop reading and it really put a smile on my face and that is something I really value, especially this year. Yeah, so it's just, it's really, really good. 
Yeah, sounds yeah. really cute and like just kind of like breezy in a in a good way. Yeah, absolutely. Like themes of the story are not the same, but it made me think of and things I hate about you mm. or legally blonde that kind that kind of vibe or mood. Maybe this one needs a rom com as well or a teen maybe. <laughs> teen rom com. Yeah, <laughs> wouldn't it be great? Like if you could have more Australian teen rom com. That would be nice. We don't get that many movies in general in Australia. <laughs> well, you know, I, you and I have had this chat about Leanne Moriarty's Nine Perfect Strangers and how it's like so Australian yep. in the book. <laughs> and then that all just disappeared. Same as the Big Little Lies TV show. They just, yeah. It's like you have Nicole Kidman there. Yeah. Can you just let her keep her accent for once? <laughs> I know. No. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, as a side note, Jenna Guillaume is a pop culture writer and she's a lot of fun to follow on Twitter. Yeah, she yeah. writes for BuzzFeed, doesn't she? She used to. Used to I think yeah. she's now a freelancer. Yeah. But I love her taste in pop culture. So, <laughs> yeah, I recommend following her on Twitter. Good recommendation. <laughs> okay. I know she posts about BTS a lot. She does now, yes. Yeah. <laughs> Um, that's the one thing I don't understand, (laughs) but she still has good, like Christmas movies, uh, recommendations and, um, book reviews and Mm. other insights into different pop culture aspects, I suppose. So yeah, yeah. Worth checking out if you're interested in those things. Yeah, definitely. All right. What's your second pick, Elise? So my second choice is another book that you've definitely <laughs> read because you recommended this to me strongly. Oh, and, yeah. Uh, okay, so it's The Seven Husbands of Evelyn Hugo by Taylor Jenkins Reid. Yay. <laughs> oh, this book blew me away. Isn't it amazing? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So, look, this book is about uh, an ageing and reclusive Hollywood movie star, Evelyn Hugo, who decides that it's time for her to share her truth about what her life has been like, Um, you know, all the glamour and the scandal that she's had. So she gets in in contact with a journalist, Monique, who uh, basically learns about her life story. So everything from, you know, her big break as a teenager to all seven husbands that she's had (laughs) and some forbidden romance that happened along the way too. Uh, So it's kind of set from around the the 1950s, predominantly around to the Mm. 80s or so. Look, she's got so much ambition. There's amazing characters in here. She has a bit of like Slytherin energy going on at times. <laughs> very, very much Yeah, so. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, highly, uh, such an interesting character, what she's been through, what mm. the journeys that her life has taken. Um, so thank you for the recommendation. I, yeah, picked this up a while ago. I think I had a voucher for a bookstore and I knew that you really liked it and recommended it. So I bought it. And then I just had a backlog of reading that I had to do. And I had it written on a post-it note for a while to get to this <laughs> book. And um, when, once I started reading it, I'm like, oh, I probably should have started earlier. <laughs> it's hard to talk about it without spoiling it because the mm. things I really liked about it are not necessarily in the synopsis. Uh, but I'll say this book surprised me in the best possible way. So, you know, I came for the gossip and the celebrity 
aspects, the glamour, the, the mm. 1950s style. Yeah. And yeah, I stayed for the the characters, the the character growth. Um and yeah, the ro- some of the romance that happened in here. And this book really made me cry. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Look, I I don't cry in books that often. They have to get me pretty hard to to make me cry and the la- there were a couple of really intense chapters in a row here that definitely <laughs> definitely led to some built-up emotion. Um yeah, also had some really great discussions and themes around sexuality, race and gender roles which I really appreciated too yay Yay. Ah, I'm so happy you love this one (laughs) it's just this is one of those books where when I can I really want like a hardback because it's like one of my all-time favorites and I want a copy of it sitting on my (laughs) shelf it's just yeah another one of those um extremely hype books on Instagram yeah that I was like "Eh, you know let's just check it out and then it blew me away. <laughs> um, yeah, I think um, I think you covered everything. I don't have anything yeah. to say except that yeah. I would recommend this to everyone. <laughs> I also want to make the green dress that's on the cover. Oh, I know. You know yeah. If I... <laughs> yeah, it is being made into a movie, I believe. Is it? Oh, that's yeah. interesting. I didn't know this one had had the rights sold. I was just thinking, yeah, this would make a great. A seven-part miniseries or something, yeah. <laughs> and one part per husband. Yeah. Well, looking forward to seeing that once it does come out. I'm glad I got to read the book before the movie because I, I don't know how it's going to hold up to it, but uh, yeah, hoping for yeah. the best. <laughs> yeah. All oh, right. So good. So good. Um, mm-hmm. Book number two for you, what was it? Okay, so this is a completely different book from, well, the ones that we've talked about so far in that it is a middle grade book. Yeah, um, don't typically is, read a lot of middle no, grade, do you? I don't. So this was quite a departure for me. Mm. Uh, anyway, it's called Tiger Daughter by Rebecca Lim. It tells the story of Wen Cho, who is the daughter and only child of Chinese immigrants to Australia. And they are struggling with mm. that move. Wen and her friend Henry... Uh, both dream of an escape out of their unhappy circumstances. Henry's parents are also struggling immigrants. They're really poor and unhappy. Mm-hmm. And then tragedy strikes. And it takes all of Wynne's resilience and resourcefulness to get herself and Henry through that aftermath mm-hmm. and to pursue their dream of entering the selective high school far from their home. So I'll read this quote from Rebecca Lim on the inspiration for Tucker Daughter, because this is the reason I picked it up. Um, a parent-teacher interview for my year seven daughter drove home to me how much the Australian literary canon for children had not moved in over 30 years. Authentic own voices, migrant stories are still largely missing from published Australian fiction for children. And Tiger Daughter was a very visceral response to the gap between what was being recommended for my daughter to read and the actual student demographic at my daughter's school, predominantly Asian and South Asian first generation or second generation mm. kids. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I thought this was really interesting. Um, so I wanted to read it because obviously she's writing a non-voice migrant story to begin with. And Does she have any other books that you know of? I think she edited anthology called Meet Me at the Intersection. Ah, yes. Yes. 
that our good friend Wendy was yes. involved with. Yep. <laughs> That's right. So I haven't read any other books of, uh, from Rebecca Lim, but this one was really, how do I describe it? It's because it's a middle grade novel. It was a quick read for me, an adult. On the other hand, it really tackled some difficult topics like misogyny, suicide, coercive coercive control mm. and domestic abuse. Um, and it really highlights the barriers that can exist for migrants. You know, there's the language issue, the fact that your education may be worth nothing in Australia. You can't continue your career. And that change from being, you know, considered highly educated and a promising career to really struggling and being dismissed, I suppose, mm. can be really destructive to someone's mental health and their personality. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and also just how lonely it all can be, especially when you, you know, you don't have your family, you don't speak the language, you don't know anyone. It's really isolating. Wen is in this you know, quite terrible situation with a dad who doesn't appreciate having a daughter, um, doesn't see the value, I suppose, in a daughter, and is struggling with that fall, I suppose, from being a promising doctor to working in a Chinese restaurant mm -hmm. and taking it out on his wife and child. Um, but when doesn't wilt, even though she's got not, no control at home whatsoever, she really pushes her mom to help her friend. And it creates this bit of hope and bit of change for them. Yeah. I do feel like the end it's perhaps a tiny bit too neat. Um, but, you know, it's a middle grade novel. You gotta have some hope in there. <laughs> uh, you know, I like. There's this overall message that you know change can happen, even in the most bleak of circumstances. Well, that sounds positive. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> uh, look, I haven't I haven't read it, so I can't comment on the, yeah. the ending. But yeah, I think it's a tricky balance for middle grade well, for a lot of books really when they tackle tough themes is that mm. you need a balance being realistic with having that sense of hope or, quote-unquote, a moral at the end of the story. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. I do recommend it, but just keep in mind the trigger warnings. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, no, it sounds like a really good read. Mm, yeah. Um, I borrowed it from the library with my next mentioned so that was a good <laughs> a good haul from the library yeah, yeah score well done <laughs> okay back to you what's mm. your third pick for today maybe continuing on with some of these uh, yeah. uh themes that you've mentioned to a degree mm. my third book that i'm recommending today is educated by tara westover I am going to do that thing where I probably call her Tara instead of Tara at times because that's the typical Australian pronunciation. So yeah. my apologies for my inevitable slip up there. So this is a nonfiction book, which is slightly out of character for me as someone who reads probably mm, maybe like 2% of my books yeah. as, as nonfiction. But yeah, this I found to be really powerful. So just the synopsis. So uh, Tara Westover was... 17, the first time she set foot in a classroom. She was raised by isolated survivalists in Idaho, uh, so very 
very religious um, fundamentalist Mormons who were you know, preparing for the end of the world by stockpiling um, with the head for the hills bag, who didn't believe in traditional medicine and tried to use different healing techniques, who believed that education wasn't really, well, didn't have the same mainstream views as others might have when it comes to education. And lacking any formal education, Tara began to educate herself and slowly over time sort of realised how different her family was from what else was going on from different areas of the world and people with different belief systems. Look, this was a book that was not chosen by me. It was a book club pick for my uni group book club. And I hadn't actually heard of it before then, but once I picked it up and sort of did a bit of reading on it, realized just how popular it was when it was released a couple of years ago. And I'm really glad that I did end up reading it. Uh, Very powerful, very hard to read at times. So this book is very much, um, you know, it's an autobiography. It starts in her childhood and sort of things just keep building and building and building in intensity and the tricky things that she goes through. And it needs a real yeah, a content warning for graphic descriptions of injuries, um, domestic violence and other types of familial abuse. Uh, you need to be in the right frame of right mind to tackle this book. I had to read it pretty slowly, to be honest, when I was mm-hmm. reading it. And it's yeah, just a really um, incredible story, what, she, what she's been through and where her life is now um, compared to what it was when she was growing up. And, yeah, look, like some autobiographies, it is hard to tell at times how much of it is truth and how much of it is subjective and how much of it is childhood memories versus what actually happened. But sometimes the truth is stranger than fiction. So who knows? Um, But I know the family have come out and denied a lot of what happened or tried to put a different spin on things. Mm -hmm. But, you know, knowing some of the intense things that can happen when you're isolated from mainstream society, I, I wouldn't be surprised if there is a lot of truth in, in what she's been through. Okay, cool. Yeah. As you know, I'm also not a nonfiction <laughs> person really, but I will put this on my TBR. <laughs> yeah. I will happily lend it to you. Oh, cool. Because <laughs> I am keen to hear what you think of this yeah. one, this one too. But yeah, not not a fun read, but a, I think an important read to have. Yeah. Awesome. Well, put it on the pile with the horny train book. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, they can, yeah, they can break each other up. <laughs> one is a lot more fun than the other one. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> I can imagine. Yeah, yeah. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. And what about your final book? What's number three? All right. So this one is actually, 
it's not quite a five star. It's a 4.75 star. <laughs> That's okay. very specific. Yes. Okay. Well, I'll start with telling you what it is. It mm-hmm. is Dial A for Aunties by Jessie Q. Sutanto. Alright, so I will just read the synopsis because it's weird and I don't know how to like <laughs> condense it. Um, okay, so Madeline Chan is an, a Chinese Indonesian who was born and raised in the US. One day she ends up accidentally killing her blind date. Oh my god. <laughs> Great and, start. I know. And her meddlesome mother calls for her even more meddlesome aunties to help get rid of the body. Unfortunately, a dead body proves to be a lot more challenging to dispose of than one might anticipate, especially when it's inadvertently gets shipped in a cake cooler to a billionaire wedding. (laughs) (laughs) So the family does this like wedding planning business. It's the biggest job they've had. And now there's this corpse (laughs) in the middle of all of that. And just, and then on top of that, uh, Maddie's great college love and biggest heartbreak turns out to be the hotel manager at the <laughs> wedding. <laughs> so now Maddie has to escape murder charges, um, deal with this ex, and pull off a stunning wedding all in one weekend. It's <laughs> it's wild. <laughs> Sounds like yeah. high stakes, very high um, stakes, yeah, extremely. <laughs> um, So my feelings about this book kind of come in two layers. There's the emotional response to it, and there's the more critical Mm -hmm. reader response, I suppose. I'll start with the more emotional response. Um, So Mehdi and I come from very similar background culturally. So we're both Chinese and Asian. She grew up in in America. I didn't grow up in Australia, but I've been here long enough by mm. now. There are a number of details that don't quite match up. You know, Chinese Indonesian is quite a broad description and they're not, you know, we're not all the same. <laughs> um, surprise, surprise. Surprise. Uh, <laughs> well, not uh, everyone else from this culture has the exact same life experience as you. I know. Shocking. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Uh, thank God, because her family is like, <laughs> extremely meddlesome. So the blind date was her mom's doing as well, but I won't spoil that any further. It's just like I was reading it and, oh, my God, if my mom did this, I would never speak to her again. Wow, okay. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. There are so many things about the book that feel familiar to me. Like some of the family dynamic, maybe not the meddling part, <laughs> The, the feelings of familial obligations, the jokes about um, things that get lost in translations, especially between Indonesian and English, and even the language that get used, because uh, Jesse Q. Sutanto sprinkles Indonesian phrases and exclamations throughout the dialogue, and that feels like, I don't know, a bomb is like the word that comes to mind when I've been away from home for so long and, you know, a lot of my friends are English-speaking people. I don't use Indonesian Mm. casually Mm -hmm. in conversation. So there's something um, comforting, I guess, about seeing it on the page. And I don't know, there's a sense of 
home about it. So that was really nice, particularly when you, you know, take into, take into consideration the context that I haven't been able to go home since 2020. So that's why I feel like this book really struck a chord with me. And it is a fun read. It's just, you know, you go along for the ride. Um, it's just twist after twist. And I'm like, oh my God, wow. <laughs> like, surely nothing else can happen now. And it is funny in that kind of mortifying way. <laughs> Look, I'm glad you, you yeah. relate to, you know, family dynamics and yeah. the, the language use and various other bits yeah. and not the whole murder yeah. aspect or the... <laughs> Yes, yeah. trying to hide a dead trying body. Trying to hide a dead body. <laughs> should have just thrown that in there in the, the things that you needed to. Accidentally murdering my blind date that one time. Oh, you know, you know. happens to us all. I know. Oh, so, good. Yeah. Well, it sounds like a good read. Yeah. I mean, the thing that knocked off the quarter star is that you really – at some stage, suspend disbelief about okay. the kind of things that happen. And, you know, it does border slightly ridiculous, um, not to the point that I would, like, give up on the book or call the characters unkind things, mm. which apparently people have done sometimes. Um, it just is that sort of wacky, oddball comedy. So, and yeah. I am quite happy to suspend disbelief and go along with the story. I feel like even the synopsis, it, it does have that slightly ridiculous tinge to it that if you read it, you mm. kind of have to be in for the ride. Like yeah. you, you jumped onto this, you knew, you sort of yeah. knew what you were getting into, right? Yeah, you knew this wasn't going to be um, educated by the time of <laughs> Uh, yeah, yeah. There's a certain. Yeah, you have to commit. I think if you're going to jump in with that type of synopsis. So. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and it's getting a sequel. Oh, so, okay. Yeah, I don't know what kind of shenanigans they can get into. Maybe not another murder. <laughs> Maybe not. <laughs> but it should be fun. I'm keeping an eye on it. Um, it's also getting ab- adapted into a Netflix movie. I think. Excellent. I think it's like some sort of loyalty to other Indonesians, but I'm like, I'm really glad she's having, like this author is having some success and I'm keen to see what else she comes up with. Awesome. (laughs) Sounds good. All right. You can lend that one to me when I see you next week. Well, that came from the library, unfortunately. (laughs) That's okay. We belong to the same library. I'll figure it out. It is definitely there. <laughs> okay, good to know. Good to know. Uh, shall we uh, start with our honourable mentions? Yeah, let's go for it. What are your honourable mentions? Okay. So, you know, a bit hard to not just list every, like, four-star book that I've <laughs> rated this year, but I'll highlight a few. Mm-hmm. So the first was Concrete Rose by Angie Thomas. Uh, so Concrete Rose is the the prequel, I guess, to The Hate You Give, which was, of course, a really amazing, powerful book that was released a few years ago uh, about a young black teenager who was killed by police. And 
This follows uh, the main character Star's father, so what life was like growing up for him when he became a very young dad with not a lot of means to support his new family and the sort of pathways that he was on, um, you know, turning to selling drugs in particular to try to support his family and finding out not long after one partner is pregnant that another partner becomes pregnant as well. So having two kids before you turn 18, Mm. pretty intense. And when you don't have a lot of means to support you, you've got to do what you can to support your family. So, yeah, I really enjoyed this book. Maverick is, is quite a funny character at times. He has a bit of that sort of teenage boy logic that isn't you know doesn't always hold up to (laughs) to adult uh logic I suppose Mm -hmm. as well but you know I love Auntie Thomas's writing style as as usual she tackles tough themes with empathy and compassion and wisdom and yeah would, would highly recommend uh we also did sit in on a zoom chat with Angie Thomas. We did. Yeah. Back earlier this year, which feels like a million years ago, uh-huh. when she was promoting Concrete Rose. Um, and she answered a couple of my questions, which made me very happy as well. well I don't done. think I anything particularly profound, but, you know, still made yeah. me happy. Well, you got the mental health question in there. <laughs> I did. I did ask her about how she looks after herself through writing about tough themes. So mm. that was that was a nice one to answer. And then I asked her about pop vinyls because yeah. she had a lot of them in her, her Zoom background. <laughs> Balance. <laughs> Balance. Balance is good. Mm-hmm. Um, the second book I'll mention is a new release, actually, Anything But Fine by Tobias Madden that I only yeah finished listening to maybe two weeks ago, listening to the audiobook. Anything But Fine is about a young ballet dancer in Ballarat, which uh, is pretty close to home for yes. us, yeah. um, mentioning a lot of, you know, well-known locations around Ballarat and, yeah. yeah. Uh, so, this young ballet dancer who uh, named Luca, who sustains a pretty life-changing injury that sort of impacts the trajectory of his life. He can no longer dance. He has to go through a huge recovery period. He loses his dance scholarship and ends up at a new school um, where things are very different. He can no longer coast by on his scholarship. He has to pull up with his grades. He loses a lot of friends. Look, there's a lot more homophobia at that school than there was at his previous school. So yeah, trying to sort of manage this whole new life and adjusting and tackled a lot of themes around grief after injury, um, Mm. about how, you know, having that kind of, uh, you know, life-changing injury can completely disrupt the course of your life, but also how you feel about yourself, your goals and your dreams and how it impacts on friendships and family relationships too, but also how they can be life at the end of the tunnel as well, that, you know, there are, you know, he finds himself without spoiling things, you know, maybe making some stronger friendships. There may be a new romance in there. Mm -hmm. There's, yeah, his life isn't over, but it certainly feels like that at the start of the book. So I, yeah, really enjoyed that read. It sounds like this is similar to the other side of Perfect. Um, I haven't actually read it, but it's about a, based on the cover and what I can remember from the blurb, it's about a ballet dance dancer who got injured as well, but it's a, it's a girl. Mm. And I think it's set in the U S interesting yeah. to read both. Yeah. I haven't read that one either. I know it's a, a trope that has been done a couple of times as well, but this was so close to home. Uh, yeah. that I, I was really interested <laughs> to pick it up. Um, and the final book I'll recommend is the hating game by Sally Thorne. 
another romance <laughs> to uh, this one is more enemies to lovers, more typical enemies to lovers um, about two highly competitive, petty co-workers who, you know, uh, let's, let's <laughs> spoil this because it's pretty much in the synopsis who yeah. end up falling for each other. Yeah. I just thought it was really fun. It was funny. And there's a movie coming out as well. It's, yeah. It's coming out in Australia, but it's out in the US. As far yes. As mm-hmm. Yes. Look, I don't have high hopes for the movie, but I still want to see it. Yeah. <laughs> Me too. Yeah. The trailer looked a bit cheesy and predictable and uh, I guess formulaic, but yeah. Mm. There's something about this book that I just I just really enjoyed. It's kind of hard to put my finger on it specifically, but yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll give it a highly commended anyway. Oh. And finally, I'll just note that we did cover several books on the podcast that I rated like four to five stars, a couple of 4.5s in there. I won't go through them all now, but uh, if you do want to scroll through our blog or listen to our previous episodes, you'll definitely find some books that I loved and you loved as well yes. in there. Yeah, absolutely. Like I said before, at least three to four of my five stars this year were books that we reviewed. So yes. <laughs> clearly we had a good year with books. Yes. <laughs> Just didn't want to talk about them again because we've yes. already dissected them significantly. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yep. And what about your honorable mentions? All right. Well, one of them is not necessarily a book, but like an <laughs> Two author. books in one. <laughs> yeah. um, Leanne Moriarty was one that uh, I discovered covered like she's been out there like she has so many books yeah Yeah. and like being extremely successful and I just like casually did not get on that train (laughs) um but yeah I read Nine Perfect Strangers and Big Little Lies this year just like could not stop um I listened to Nine Perfect Strangers and just kept listening any chance I got I'm pretty sure I was the same with Big Little Lies and that I was carrying the book everywhere <laughs> I went. It's just like, it's, she's just got a really snappy writing voice and she does this really great blend of humour and mystery. I love her characterization as well. Like She yeah. writes such interesting, complex characters. Absolutely, yeah. And just, they, she always has a cast of them as well, mm. at least in the two books that I've read but they all manage to be quite distinct from each other. Yeah. So I am keen to explore her backlist because it seems like I have no chance of getting on her <laughs> new book in the library at least. <laughs> yeah. I, uh, I have this, I know you know this already, but mm-hmm. for the sake of the listeners, yeah. <laughs> I have Leanne Mariotti's book on reserve as the audio book on my app and apparently I'm not going to get it till 2023 so I might have to try to track it down a bit earlier yeah (laughs) might be worth purchasing I suppose maybe although I did go into a different library that had like four copies out front so I might Mm. just I might need to sign up for that one um Mm. but yeah I was so happy when you picked up Nine Perfect Strangers because I listened to it like I listened to it before the TV show came out because I I wanted to do that before because I thought the TV show looked really interesting And, well, I mean, we wrote a blog post about it. You can hear all my, you can see, read, hear all my thoughts about it there. I really enjoyed it. And I was so excited when you liked it too, because I was like, now please read Big Little Lies, (laughs) which I think is considered to be her best work. Um, Mm. So, you know, I I don't want it to be all downhill from there, but. (laughs) (laughs) Hopefully not, yeah. Yeah, I'm I'm sure you'll enjoy some of her other reads as well. The only other one I've read is, the hypnotist love story, which I did enjoy too. I wouldn't mm. rate it as highly as the others, but yeah, I'm, I'm 
I haven't disliked anything by her so far. So good. Keep going. <laughs> yeah, and I guess the interesting thing is, like Red, White, and Royal Blue, and Seven Husbands of Evelyn Hugo. I think I quite deliberately didn't get on the hype train with like Leanne Moriarty until you told me that you <laughs> like her books because I was like. I am bound to be disappointed by this, and I, go, I don't know why I think that. I like, I like popular things. <laughs> Sometimes pop, things are popular because they're good. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I don't know why I just expect that the hype will let will let me down. Look, it's definitely happened to me before, yeah. but. Sometimes, you know, my taste matches up with popular fiction or yeah. popular stories or whatever. And yeah, that's, it's nice when that does happen. Yes, <laughs> absolutely. Um, another book that I would like to mention is called Get Alive, Chloe Brown by Talia Hibbert. This is a romance novel about Chloe Brown, um, who is, who has, sorry, this is about Chloe Brown, who experience a near-death experience and realize that her life isn't quite that exciting and decides to make a list of adventures and recruits a man who she thinks is a bad boy, I suppose, uh, to help her with those adventures. Mm. Mm -hmm. What I like about this one is that Chloe has chronic pain due to fibromyalgia. Um, so that's a really interesting representation that I haven't read a lot of. Um, and her love interest, Red, has trauma mm. from an abusive relationship. And this is one of the few instances where uh, the term triggered is used and portrayed accurately. Um, oh, we don't see that a lot. Do yeah, I know. <laughs> and like used in such a way that um, you know, that third act breakup makes sense to me. Yeah. 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 Um, and then my other honorable mention is two books in one as well. Uh, it's Al- Alicia Rye's Modern Love series. She's also really good with representation. So very mm. diverse couples, mental health issues are big in both books in terms of, you know, their name. Uh, describe but the characters also well most of them are actively addressing them or if they're not then they're experiencing the downside of not um, addressing what's going on and the romance is on point as well excellent (laughs) but I like to hear (laughs) yes Um, I didn't put this on here because it feels like it was a million years ago but I read the cruel prince well that's not the name of the series, is it? <laughs> the Fog of the Air series. I read the Fog of the Air series in January this year. But wow. Yeah. 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 A million years like, ago, right? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I was like scrolling through my um, stats and I'm like, oh, that was this year. <laughs> not that long after I ranted about it in our previous best books. Yes. episode. <laughs> I was like, please read The Cruel Prince. Yeah. And yes, I did. <laughs> and, you know. Of course, you are right. They were excellent. Um, I rated the last book five stars, actually, because I thought it was just perfect conclusion. <laughs> yeah, I uh, I really actually want to reread the rest of the series because we 
we covered the first book in the series with the Read It Next podcast mm. and it just kind of made me want to reread the whole thing again because it, it held up really well. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, do it. Yeah. And then the uh, Cardin's book came out this year as well, the um, illustrated yes. book, which was just a, a nice little cherry on top of the series too. Like I, I had no idea that that was coming up until I started to see posts about it. I'm like, what? <laughs> I didn't know I needed this in my life, but yes. I do. And there it is. <laughs> yeah. So if you want to read about, um, you know, the fairy prince trying boba for the first time. And, and so yeah. <laughs> I'm really glad you like them. Um, mm-hmm. You know, one thing that we've been doing this year is we've, we've started catching up with some friends about you know, forming our own little book club about books that we like and mm-hmm. the risk of, sharing them with other people and mm-hmm. if they don't like them what <laughs> what it means so you know we call it danger book club mm-hmm. we cycle around everyone who chooses a book that they love and everyone reads it and then we chat about it and dissect it and that's the danger what if they don't love what you love so yeah. look this is our own little mini danger book club at times because you know mm-hmm. when I let you well when I <laughs> so highly recommended The Cruel Prince and was very enthusiastic about it. I was like, oh, no, what if she doesn't like it? (laughs) Yeah. It happens sometimes, but I'm glad that you enjoyed this one. Yes, absolutely. I think this year we've done pretty well, I think, with recommending books to each other. Yeah. Well, you've never recommended a book to me that I've actively disliked. There have been some that maybe I haven't been as, you know, enthusiastic about as you have or maybe just Mm. didn't. Um, you know, have as much of an emotional response as you did. And I'm sure vice versa. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, it's, there's never been anything where I've been like, oh, this is awkward. I, <laughs> I don't know what to do here. Yeah, that's right. Which is good because that would be a test of our friendship. Yes. <laughs> we we generally have pretty overlapping taste in books. So. Yeah, that's right. Hence, we're still doing this together. <laughs> all right. I think that's all for today. Yeah, I think that's everything. Um Mm-hmm. talked about plenty of books and yeah. looking forward to reading a lot more in 2022 well not you know yeah. <laughs> not necessarily <laughs> going to read more than I did this year yes. but hopefully not hopefully we'll be having some semblance of a regular social life <laughs> <laughs> hoping to continue with some great five-star reads yes absolutely yes Yes. Well, that's everything for today. Um, Remember to check out our website, novelfeelings.com and follow us on Instagram, Twitter and Goodreads at novel underscore feelings. We are the most active on Instagram at the moment. Uh, We post there regularly. We do little mini mini book reviews. We do reels now. That's a thing that we (laughs) do. (laughs) Book photography and Mm. so on. And still with that kind of mental health lens. And we are still doing written reviews on our website blog. So please check that out. Um, Podcast is still technically on hiatus. uh, But of course, keep us in your feeds. Who knows when we will be able to post next. But, you know, never say never. Absolutely. Maybe just like this one, we'll just pop up randomly (laughs) some months in the future. Of course. Of course. (laughs) Um, You can also find me online. So I am at books with an extra S at Instagram and at time of recording it is actually active again yay (laughs) yeah so you'll find my reviews there and sometimes i cross promote what we're doing as well 
exactly exactly well thank you so much for listening everybody hope you have a lovely new year and a wonderful 2022 yeah enjoy the end of the year have a good break see you next year bye